Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Just before we get into the podcast, I just want to talk to you about our new sponsor that's come on board, Books and Gifts Direct. Books and Gifts Direct is Australia's largest direct seller of books and gifts. They sell all of their products from lunchrooms and reception desks, and they're in more than 25,000 workplaces in Australia. These workplaces also include schools, childcare centers, businesses, hospitals, community centers, and other corporate entities. They also sell online at booksandgiftsdirect.com and they also have up to 70% off recommended retail price on a lot of their products. So if you want to head over, have a look at Books and Gifts Direct, make sure you have a look. The link is going to be in the bio and you can also maybe look to be a franchise in this company. I'm sure if you want to, it wouldn't be, not, it wouldn't be a bad idea. So make sure you definitely have a look at it. But for let's get into the show. All right, we're back for another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Now, finally, part three of the Three-part series, the NBA Power Rankings so far as they stand as of the 6th of September. Without further, without wasting any more time, actually, let's get it straight into the intro. Welcome to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. All right, we're back for another episode. As we all know, if you don't know, if this is the first time you listen to the three-part Power Rankings... I'm just going to say, you can go back and have a look at the recent podcast. They are the ones that I've done. I've done 30 to 20, 19 to 11, and now the top 10 of the NBA. So I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to get straight into it. Number 10 for me is the Dallas Mavericks. Now for me, a lot of teams might have Dallas a little bit lower, but I'm just having them in the top 10, just simply based on the fact there's a cu- that there's a couple of teams right now that are a bit banged up, that aren't super duper and fully healthy. And I think a team like Dallas really has a really good shot if someone like Luka Doncic is on their team, which he absolutely is. That guy nearly got, and I know and I know this for a fact, he nearly got that Dallas team to the second round basically without a lot of help. So for me, I really like him a lot. I, all, I obviously, We all obviously know he's going to be you know a top five player in the NBA for a long, long time. Most likely a top 20, 30 player if he keeps going like this of all time. So if you have someone like Luka Doncic on your team, you're always going to be strong in the can in in a type of position where you're always going to contend, you might not get past the first round or this and that, but I definitely think that someone like them, they'll definitely be in and around the top ten. You look at their starters right now, their starting lineup. Obviously, you would have Lucas starting. Someone like a Tim Hardaway would obviously start. He's actually a really good fit, if you ask me, next to someone like Luka Doncic. He actually did a pretty good job last season keeping him afloat sometimes when Luka obviously needed help because at the end of the day, you can't win series in the playoffs by just one player can, you know, taking over a game. You always need a couple more players. So for me, I do think someone like a Tim Hardaway is a nice fit. You look at it, obviously, Chris Hartz-Porzingis would definitely start. You can't not start him. Just looking at what he's done in the previous, you know, couple seasons, it hasn't been great, but I think that he can definitely make a change. And I think someone like a Jason Kidd, a new breath of fresh air, a new coach, it might definitely help him and reinvigorate him in a sense. And I think that's someone that, this definitely needs either a new type of outlook of playing the game or someone that's a new or either going to a different team. So for me, if he starts off really well and he has a really good season to start, obviously you keep him because he's a great player, he's a good asset. But then at the same, at the end, on that token, sorry, he's not having a great season. Look to trade him, look to flip him ASAP. I know there'd be a lot of teams out there that would look to get him, and I don't really care. You'd be able to get you know some type of some type of potential all star possibly out of him. But the other players that would start on their team, it's interesting because they've got a lot of different players, a lot of moving pieces. You know, last year in the playoffs, someone like a Boban Marjanovic started, and you wouldn't think that he would normally start, but he just did that good of a job for him last season that he started. I'm not too I'm not too sure really on who else they would start. Obviously it'd be a Chris Stapps, Luca and a Tim Hardaway Jr. trio for me. 
at the moment, it's very, very interesting. You know, the, the more I look at it, the less I actually like this team. But I would say probably someone maybe like a Reggie Bullock would start. I would say someone like him would start. You know, he's done a pretty good job for them in the in, in New York this past season. So I reckon someone like him might start. And then probably if it had to be anybody else, it'd be someone like a Jalen Brunson. But I think that Dallas, if they can find a way to make moves, I think there'd be a lot of people that would want to go play with Luka. And I think looking at their team, it's not great. But like the reason I have them at number 10 is because as we've previously seen, there's a couple of teams in the West that are a bit banged up. Like obviously someone like a LA Clippers is banged up. You know, someone like Portland, you're not too sure what they're going to do. They're not injured at all. But I think that's a team that's going to be going in a completely new direction. So for me right now, I'd have Dallas at 10 and I don't, I'm not, I'm not hating it. I'm not loving it, but looking more at their team and more in depth at their team sometimes, it, 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 they can definitely be lower. But right now, I would say number 10 for me is the Dallas Mavericks. Now, number nine for me, and this might shock a lot of people. This might have some people going a little bit low or a little bit high, but I would have the Denver Nuggets right now as my ninth best team. Now, a lot of people might still say that they're a lot better than what other people, other teams are right now. But I do look at you know them previously playing without someone like a oh, Jamal Murray, sorry. And I know that they, they played without him and... They did a good job without him, but I, I really believe that that's going to be a big loss for them, especially starting in the in the regular season. You know, they, they found a way and they were able to adapt and be, you know, pretty good without being great. But I, I really do like, you know, them still. But I do think that that Jalen, oh, not Jalen, Jamal Murray, sorry, that, that loss of him at the start of the season, it is going to hurt. You know, you look at their starting lineup now, obviously Jokic at the five, that's an absolute given. Someone like Aaron Gordon at the four, man. That was a really good pickup for me, if you ask that. That was one of the more underrated pickups. Looking back at the trade deadline now, you know, Nikola Vucevic was one of the bigger trade pieces. But, you know, Aaron Gordon, you know, he's actually got to have a really good fit in Denver. And I think that's a really nice piece, you know, for Denver to move forward. They're still in that really young range. And I think he took someone like a Paul Millsap spot. So for me, I'm not too I'm not too worried about that right now. I think Aaron Gordon can be a nice fit. Obviously, Jamal Murray would start, but he's not going to start here. Michael Porter Jr. would definitely start here. I think he's going to be another player on this team that has to take that step up, has to really burden the scoring load now. And I think it's a perfect time for him now to do that. I know there's going to be a lot more defensive coverage on him, but I think he's a player that can really actually be better at being more of a threat and teams you know, trying to guard him more because now I think that's what he's used to. Like you got you got to remember... Every player that comes into the NBA usually is like the number one or two option whenever they were playing in sport in their, in, their, in their careers. So I think it actually might not be a bad thing for him. So I think him at the three, at the two, you know, it's interesting because someone like Austin Rivers really played well for them. Would they? Would he start? I'm not too sure. You know, they could possibly start a Monte Morris. And they also started Campazzo. You know, he was a really, really good player for them. I thought he was actually much better than what people really recognized. I thought he did a really good job defending the ball, you know, especially in that Portland series, you know, and I think he did a really good job. Even though they got swept against Phoenix, you know, he, he kept them relevant sometimes. Obviously, the resign of Will Barton and him coming off injury might be a nice piece for them. They could look to start him. I would definitely say they would start someone like a Will Barton. You know, I would have him at the wing, someone like a Mark Porter Jr., you know, probably Campazzo starting. That way you have someone like a Monte Morris still in his role, still coming off the bench and being an effective player. I think that the the more they go along, the more they'll find chemistry. And right now, Jokic is the best center in the NBA. I think he's definitely really, really close to being that top five player in the NBA. I know it's hard right now. And I've done, you know, a, a previous top 10 take. And I know I had him in the top 10, but I didn't have him in the top five. And that just shows you how stacked that the NBA really is when you really break it down. So for me, right now, number nine for me, I'd, I'd say that's pretty relevant. 
But I will say, someone like a Paul Millsap, that's a pretty big loss. I know they replaced him with someone like a Jeff Green, but I still think that's a big loss for them, not just on the court, but off the court. I think he's a really, really genuine person in the NBA, and I think he's someone that really held their locker room together, especially when someone like a Jamal Murray went down. So for me, I would say he's a big loss. But right now, I would have number nine as the Denver Nuggets. Now, moving into number eight, and I think this is a team that caught a lot of people by surprise last season, and they obviously made the Eastern Conference Finals, which I actually wasn't shocked with when I when I saw them watching playing against Philadelphia. Once they got past the first round, I actually wasn't shocked that they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And the more the Conference Finals went, I was like, I'm actually rooting for, I'm actually wanting Atlanta to make the Finals. And that would have been crazy to see if they made the Finals. But obviously, I'm talking about the Atlanta Hawks at number eight. I really like them a lot. I actually like what they've done. They've actually done a rebuild the right way. Like, you look at the rebuild they've done. It has only been three to four years, really, and not even at that. And the third year, they've gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Now, do I expect them to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals? Probably not. Probably not. As it stands right now, probably not. You know, there's there's a couple other teams that I'll talk about in this podcast later, but I don't think that they'll make the Eastern Conference Finals right now. I definitely think they're a top-four team in the East, they proved a lot to me, and Trey Young proved a lot to me as a leader, as a person who could actually get it done in the playoffs. And that was the one knock on him. Yeah, he can get 30 points a game, but can he do it in the playoffs? He's cho- he's proven that, sorry, to a lot of people. You know, someone like a Bill Simmons, who I liked it listening to a lot. That was the only gripe he had on him, and he said, I've been proven wrong. So I think someone like Trey Young can really lead this team. I think he's a new age NBA player, a new leader in the NBA. Obviously, their starting lineup would obviously be someone like a Trey Young, I think Bogdan Bogdanovich has to start in that team, if you ask me. I actually like Kevin Herter starting at the three, but it, it, it's hard because you had DeAndre Harden there who was starting for them, and he was doing a really, really good job. And I know Nate McMillan likes him a lot, so I would say probably that would start DeAndre Hunter. I like Kevin Herter because it's just instant offense. It's a lot of offense. Obviously, the four-man would be someone like a John Collins in the five, Clint Capella, but I just want to touch back on that DeAndre Hunter. They have an abundance of wings, and they're going to have to extend either DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, and I'm not too sure who they're going to pick. I would say maybe one of them could possibly get and Kevin Herter. Sorry, I could say one of I would say one of them possibly getting traded, and I don't think they're going to trade Kevin Herter. I think they like him. I think they like they like the fit of him and Trey Young. It's kind of like a kiddies Golden State backcourt where it's not the same, but you know they're both pretty good shooters at their respective positions. So I think they'll keep that. I'm not too sure if who they'll pick either Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter. I know they were trying to push him to be a really big trade asset, Cam Reddish. I think the safe bet is to keep someone like Udondre Hunter, but obviously someone like a Cam Reddish could have a better upside and a better season if you and a better career, sorry, depending on where he goes. You know, if he's going in a really nice fit, he could really have a really good season and career. So for me, I think they're going to have to make a decision there. If they can go out and get someone that's a bit more veteran presence for them, I think that might fit them. But you look at it, they're a pretty young team relatively. They did extend Clint Capella just recently, two-year, $46 million deal. I think that's going to age pretty average. But in saying that, he got into the Eastern Conference Finals, and Atlanta were, Atlanta were lucky. A lot of people thought Atlanta were lucky to make the playoffs. So for me, I really like Atlanta. I think they can be a smoking in the East. I don't know if they can make the Conference Finals. I would back them getting into the conference semis already, if you ask me. But in saying that, it's so chop and change. I really want to see them try to use more of Danilo Gallinari. I know they that they paid him a lot, and they obviously wanted him to come off the bench. But I think he's a massive asset. He's a massive talent still. He can still provide at a pretty decent age for what he is. And I think that they should use him more often. 
But that's just my opinion. That's my take. But right now, I would have them number eight, and I'd be pretty comfortable to say that they're going to be a pretty good team in the Eastern Conference. Number seven, we're going to move on to, and it is always the token talk of the team I'm talking about right now, and that is the Golden State Warriors. Now, a lot of people would say, mate, you are so high on Golden State. Why is that? And then why do you have them at number seven in your power rankings? That doesn't make any sense. You'd say that they'd be that they could possibly make the conference finals. Absolutely, 100% I think they can make the conference finals. But right now, I don't think that as the way they stand, because Clay Thompson isn't coming back to probably Christmas Day game, that changes things for me. Now, I still believe that they can make the conference finals. I absolutely 100% believe that. And I believe if, you're, if, you're, if you love a punt, look at any sports bet agencies, betting agencies you can. Put $10, put $20 on Golden State to make the conference finals. I think it's a smart bet. I don't think it's a bad bet at all. But having Clay Thompson out till Christmas, I don't think they're going to be as good in the standings. But if you look at it, I really rate them so highly. You know, you look at their starting five, Steph Curry, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot right there. You know, just one player. He is probably, you know, probably one player that has been for, you know, consistent part of five years, the hardest player to guard. If Depending on who you ask, and I would say KD's one of the most unguardable, but you got to think about it. Steph Curry comes off so many off-ball screens. Sometimes he barely has the ball in his hands. Sometimes the only time he has the ball in his hands on an offensive trip is when he catches and shoots it, right? So you have to run around all the time. You have to do all these things for him. That's a really, really hard-to-guard player, an unguardable player for me, if you ask me. So for me, I would say Steph Curry, pardon me, Steph Curry at the one, that's a, that's a obvious take. The two is a really interesting take. You know, who could they play at the other at one of the wing positions? Obviously, we already know that Andrew Wiggins would most likely be the starting three-man, kind of like what a Harrison Barnes was. But that two-man can be interesting. It can be someone like possibly, you know, Andre Iguodala. He could definitely do that. I would say that you bring him off the bench. Possibly a Damian Lee. You know, possibly an Otto Porter Jr. Possibly a Jordan Poole. You know, there's four to five pieces there that you could possibly start at the wing, right? So it's definitely going to be interesting. Even a Jonathan Kaminga, you know, Moses Moody. There's a lot of these players that you can start up, you know, another wing position. I would say if I'm a safe, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Golden State, I'd need to look at someone who can fit in that system really well. Who can get you off the fast starts. I would probably start at Otto Porter Jr. right now as a safe bet. Obviously, you could start someone like an Iggy, but Iggy's been coming off the bench for a long, long time. He knows his role. He knows how to play that role really well and effectively. So I'd keep him on the bench. Obviously, the four-man would be Draymond, and I would say right now, I would start James Wiseman, and one of the good friends of this show, Chris, he actually is a massive Golden State fan himself, and he said that he would start someone like a Kevin Looney. Now, I absolutely see why they would start a Kevin Looney, and a lot of people might not see it, but fit-wise, he knows how to play for that. He doesn't need to be an effective player, and now if you bring James Wiseman off the bench, he can just go out and do his thing, and what he does really well, and his thing right now is scoring the ball. Can't play a lick of defense right now. Very average at that. Has been proven that he can't play defense. But I still think having someone like a Draymond Green for him is the best thing for him in his career. It's going to make him play defense, especially if he starts. And I believe he'll definitely start. That's my dead set opinion. I think he'll start there for sure. And it's not even a question. But someone like a Kevin Looney could, could definitely start. But I think that if Golden State didn't trade him now and hasn't traded him, I think they're growing more on him, and I think they're believing he can be more of a stock you know, asset for them. And they could definitely trade him. I could be wrong, but I think they actually like him a bit more than what they anticipated. You know, They could have obviously taken Lamelo Ball, and I dead set would have. I would have, at that time, 
Absolutely. I understood why they took James Wiseman fit wise, but if you could have if you could have had Clay, Steph, Lamelo, Draymond, you know, Kevin Looney at the five, that that's a hard five. I and you know, this year would have been, you know, proven gold. But in saying that, you know, everything happens for a reason. They have a lot of depth on this team. I think they're the deepest team in the NBA. You know, six men could possibly be so if let's think about it. we're starting Steph Curry, I'll say Otto Porter, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, James Wiseman. Six, seven, eight, obviously would be Andre Iguodala. You would have someone like a Jordan Poole, possibly. You'd have someone like a Kevin Looney, Damian Lee, Neamansa Bielitsa. You know, Juan Toscano Anderson, who I really, really like. And then we're not, and then we're not even talking about the rookies that they've drafted in Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. So they are a really deep team. I really think that they're still going to be in the conference finals this year. I think a lot of people are going to sleep on them. I could talk for so long about them, but I'm going to keep it a bit shorter than what I used to. But I think, yeah, Golden State right now, number seven, I still think that they're going to be a force in this team. And I'd have a lot more insurance, and I would say say I'd have a lot more faith in them beating, you know, some of these teams than other teams I'm going to talk about now. And rolling into that, a team that I would talk about at number six would be Utah Jazz. And Utah, for me, I think they're the definition of what Milwaukee were a couple of years ago. A team that's going to be really, really good in the offs in the regular season all the time. Plays a really good system, really good coaching. That might be the other opposite between Mike, uh, Mike Budenholzer and Quinn Snyder. I think Quinn Snyder is a much better coach than someone like a Mike Budenholzer. But in saying that, he is a coach of the year in the NBA. And say what you want, he's still a coach of the year in the NBA. So for me, I would say Utah, they're going to be a team that's going to be really good in the regular season, but will they be able to prove it in the playoffs? That's my only gripe and my only opinion I have on them. Now, I actually was pretty high on what they've done in the offseason. I really like the pickup of Rudy Gay. I think that's a really smart pickup. I really, really like that. I like the pickup of Hassan Whiteside. He's basically a kiddie's Rudy Gobert at this point in his career. You know, getting someone like a Eric Pascal for a second-round pick, that's interesting for me. I wonder why Golden State sold him, possibly for so low. But then if you look at it, he didn't really have a great season this past season. So it's very interesting for me to see that he's going to be traded already. I obviously think that their starting lineup would be obviously Mike Conley. You would have a Donovan Mitchell, obviously. You would have someone like a... Ooh, you would have someone like Joe Ingles, you know, but then you have Bayan Bogdanovich. I would start both of them. You got your three and four, and then you have a Rudy Gobert at the five. I wouldn't be shocked if they actually start Rudy Gay, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be shocked there, but I would say that five man, that three, four, you know, would be Bojan and Joe Ingles. I think in saying that, the more I look at this Utah team, they've done what they needed to do. They got some good veteran presence. You know, so now you look at their six, seven, eight rotation, if you ask me. Six man would probably be Jordan Clarkson, seven, Rudy Gay, eight man, Hassan Whiteside. Nine man, Royce O'Neal. I rate him a lot. I think he's a great pick. And then you got your ten and someone like Eric Pascal, Pascal, whatever you want to say. So I think they've actually done a pretty good job. The more I look at it, the more I analyze this, I actually am liking them more and more. And I possibly could have had them over a couple of teams, but I think number six is actually a really nice piece, a really nice fit for them. And I think a lot of people might have a lot of stock on them. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them get the number one seed in the West again. To be quite honest with you, I think they're a team that really can, really loves playing those teams because they can just put teams to the sword and their system works really well. So for me, right now, number six is the Utah Jazz. Now, this is the final five. This is where it gets a bit interesting for me. 
And number five, I have the team that's just come off of West uh, Finals runner-up, and that is the Phoenix Suns. For me, Phoenix at number five, I could have had them at number six and could have had Utah higher, but I just think that the experience that they gained in getting to the finals last year, it's going to be invaluable for someone like a Donovan Mitchell and a DeAndre, not Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. I really like those two young players. I always had liked someone like a Devin Booker. I obviously might not have been as high on him as what other people have thought, but I always thought he could have definitely been an all-star caliber player. I know one of my good mates, Duff, loves him a lot, thinks he was going to be a dead set stud when he was playing in Kentucky. So I do like them a lot. You know, you look at their starting five, it's probably going to be the same five from last season. And that's something that's really, really important. If you ask me, they have that, you know, chemistry. You know, you probably got someone like Chris Paul, who's probably going to, for me, still have another good two years left in his career. And then we might see him go a little bit down, a little bit up, but I'm not too sure. But they're starting five, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, Dondre Ayton. You don't touch that starting five. That is a really good starting five for me. It's a great fitting starting five. It really fits a lot of ways. I actually like the pickup they got in JaVale McGee. I think that's a really good insurance policy for them, especially if someone like a DeAndre Ayton gets in a little bit of foul trouble. At least you know you can plug him, and he can do his job, and he's consistent at doing his job, and he's proven that you know for a long, long time now in the NBA since he's been in Golden State, which has been a long time. You know He's actually been a really proven player. Jalen Smith, for me, is another player that could definitely make a jump. He actually had a pretty decent summer league, and he could possibly take those minutes that someone like Dario Saric was taking. Of you know, A lot of us know that he tore his ACL, unfortunately, and that was a big loss for someone like a Phoenix, if you ask me. I think they really relied on him a lot, and I think it hurt them more than what they, they anticipated. So for me, Jalen Smith, hopefully he takes a step up from them. That can be a great asset for them. But you look at their 6-7-8 rotation for me, Six, seven, eight, in no particular order. Cameron Johnson, I think he's going to be a really, really good player in the NBA. He probably won't ever start on this this Phoenix team, but that's until Jay Crowder, you know, deteriorates a bit. But I think he can be what Jay Crowder is a little bit. Obviously, he doesn't have that defensive presence and that dog in him, but he can shoot the ball at a really, really efficient level. You know, much better than what a lot of people thought. He's actually got sneaky athleticism, and I actually just rate him as an all-round basketball player. I think he's got a pretty smart brain. He's better than what the eye first sees. He's a definite player that you can't judge him. You can't judge a book by its cover. That's like a Cameron Johnson. You can't really judge him by what he looks like and how he warms up. You got to see how he plays. And he's an effective player when he's on the court. You know, someone like Cameron Payne would definitely be in that rotation too. I think that he, he didn't have a great final series, but he had a decent playoff series, if you ask me. He had one really shining light where he had that 30-point piece. But for me, I think he just needs to get into that consistent role and that consistent system. And I think someone like a... like a oh, Monty Williams, that's who I'm thinking of. He, he did a good job in, you know, ensuring him that he'll get minutes and, he'll, and, you know, believing in him. And that's why I think someone like a Monty Williams is still one of the best coaches in the league. You know, he, he dead set prove, proved that already. But for me, I think he's becoming more of a household name. And I think he'll be a coach in this league for a long, long time. As long as he wants to coach in Phoenix, I think that might be a thing for him. You know, especially now that they've gotten to the finals. Now that there's anticipation on them, though, in saying that, I think that they'll handle that pretty well. I think that they've realized that, you know, getting to this far, they, they probably have sour sour grapes and they probably have that sour taste in their mouth. And I think they'll want to really get back to the finals. So for me, number five, I really like... Also, Landry Shamet, he's a nice little pickup too. So I think that they've gotten better, if you ask me. If Dario Sarge comes back a bit earlier, it might be a great help for them. But I think they've gotten a little bit better, if you ask me. Now, number four for me, I'm, I'm, I think this is the team that had the best offseason in the NBA, Miami Heat. 
Now, everybody knows I love the Heat. I love everything they're about, everything they do. You know, I, I really started to like them in the bubble a lot. You know, once Jimmy Butler got there, I really liked seeing what they were doing. How they will become in a team, you know, is something that I really like to see. They added Kyle Lowry, who, if you ask me, might have been one of the best free agent pickups they've had in a long, long time. I think he's much more valuable than what people really think. I think the best fit for someone like Kyle Lowry would have been Miami or Lakers. And I think that he's that he's gotten to this team at the right time, especially for Jimmy Butler. It's it's at this point where now he knows he's got a consistent dog he knows he can rely on. He knows he can already rely on someone like a Bam and a Bio. Tyler Hero has been a bit inconsistent. I know that, you know, a lot of people, you know, giving him a lot of shit and this and that, but I still think he can be an effective player in this league. Definitely, I still believe that. I also think that Duncan Robinson is a much better player than what people anticipate, people think. If you're a purist of basketball you don't underst- and you don't understand how good of a player he is, watch him, just him entirely, and watch what he does on the court, how many times he moves, how many times he really has the basketball in his hands, and that's how effective he is without the ball in his hands. Now, a lot of people can say, is he, a really, is he really a good player, or is he just really good at shooting, and that's a priority right now in the NBA? Doesn't matter. He's a good shooter, probably a great shooter, if you ask me. He's going to be an asset in this league. Now, they also went up and picked up someone like a PJ Tucker for me, who I think is a massive pickup. I think he'll probably start at the four-man position, if you ask me. Their starting lineup looks tough already. Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, I would start. Jimmy, PJ Tucker, and Bam Adebayo. You have defensive player in Bam, defensive player in Jimmy, defensive player in PJ, defensive player in Kyle Lowry. That is going to be so hard to score on. Then you have Duncan Robinson, a straight-out shooter. Six-man, I think, could be someone like a Tyler Hero. Absolutely. Seven-man rotation. Obviously, you have a Victor Oladipo. If he can get back to where he was peak, I think this team is absolutely going to be outstanding. Obviously, you still have Markeith Morris, who they picked up, who's not going to be a nice signing for them. I actually like the play-up that they've had for a couple of years now, and that's Gabe Vincent Jr. I think he's going to step up and be a really nice piece for them. I know a lot of people don't really know him. He's not a massive household name, but I think he'll have a much bigger impact than what people think on this team. I'm really high on this team. I really, really like them. I think that they can definitely be in that Eastern Conference Finals if chips fall their way, if they have the right luck. But right now, number four for me would be the Miami Heat. Top three now. This is where it gets really interesting. There's only three teams left. Third team, I think, right now, power rankings, and that is the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, a lot of people should pro- would probably have them at number one because you think about it. They won the championship. You know, they didn't really get that much worse, but they didn't really get that much better. But the reason I have them at number three is I think PJ Tucker's a massive loss. It's a bigger loss than what people are going to anticipate. I really rate him so much for that team. I think that was something they really, really needed. You know, you look at it, who's probably going to start at their four-man position right now? Well, let's, let's really have a look. Their starting lineup, it's going to be basically the same. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton... I would say Giannis, you know, PJ Tucker, I'm not too sure. I would say Pat Connaughton right now, and then you'd have Brooke Lopez. But then you look at it, it's very interesting. You could probably start a Bobby, a Bobby Portis there, and I think they're probably backing it and they're banking on him to start. But I would probably start someone like a Pat Connaughton because you know that system works, and you know Bobby does a really good job coming off the bench. But it's, it's going to be interesting either way they, 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 they play, what position they play where. But I, I actually like a couple of the pieces they picked up. I think, you know, them taking a little punt on someone like a Rodney Hood is actually a smart calculator risk. I actually like the pickup of George Hill a lot. I think he's a really smart player. He fits in any system, any time. So I really like those players. You know, that's a good 6-7. Jeff Teague, I'm not too sure. 
I'm not even too sure if he re-signed with them, to be quite honest. But, you know, I I, I think that, that George Hill is probably a better pickup right now. It's probably a little bit, you know, a little bit more of an upgrade right now. Depending on what Dante DiVincenzo does, if he comes back in time, I reckon he can be a great fit. And he would probably start, if you ask me, you maybe start someone like a Chris Milton at the four, but it's very interesting right now. And then you have a Grayson Allen right now who you could possibly start. He can be a dead set pest for you. A lot of people think he's a dirty player. I think he's just a bit of a pest. I think he's a player that you hate to play against and you love to play with. But in saying that, I think, you know, right now Milwaukee, they'll probably be a really good team in the regular season. They'll still be a play playoff contender. But you've got to realize, like, they, if you win the championship, you don't have to really do as many acquisitions and, you know, get as many players in and out. And I just think, for me, I think that they got a great system now. Winning that championship for them, I think it's going to take a lot of pressure off of them and just going to let them to play. And they'll know when to pick it up and they'll know when to, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. And I think that Mike Bidenholz is in the championship race now and he doesn't really give a fuck about that, you know, regular season right now. So I think for them, they're definitely going to be a top three team in the NBA. Now, moving into top two, there's obviously two teams left, the Lakers and the Nets. And if you ask a lot of people, this can be, you know, either or. But for me, I have number two as the Lakers right now. The reasons I have them as number two is I'm not as sold on their roster as everybody usually is. But it's not because of the age. I don't think it's because of the age at all. I think the age is not really that big of a problem. I just know, I'm not too sure about all of the fit-wise. Now, I think the best signing for them that they did was probably someone like a Rajon Rondo, if you ask me, because he's super-duper smart. Like, a lot of people, you don't realize, he's probably the smartest player in the NBA. A lot of people might say LeBron. I think Jokic is right up there. But I would say Rondo's probably the smartest player in the NBA right now. I think he's more important than a lot of the signings they've done, and I think it actually shows you that LeBron needed a little bit more help, you know, especially IQ range in the in that Lakers team, and I think he's going to be a really good fit. But then you look at a lot of their team, a lot of their people they've picked up. Carmelo Anthony, he knows how to play. Trevor Reza, a dead set veteran. Kent Bazemore did a pretty good job with Golden State last year. Wayne Ellington, dead set shooter, who's probably going to play a lot more than what people think. I think he can play a lot more than what people think. He'll either play a lot or play nothing. You know, you've got still a re-signing of Dwight Howard, who should have never left in the first place. I think he realized that. You know, you got you still got Wesley Matthews on this team as I st- as it stands. You know, I think he's definitely a player that should have been much better for them last season. But I'm not too sure why he wasn't. You know, it, it is interesting, and I definitely think that he could have a bounce back season. But then you look at it. You know, they they've added some other guards in like a Malik Monk and a Kendrick Nunn, and then obviously the biggest acquisition for them is Russell Westbrook. Now it's it's very interesting to see what they're going to do. Obviously, their starting lineup will have Russell, LeBron, AD. I would say AD at the four just to start. We all know that AD is a better five man. He hates playing it for some reason. I'm not too sure why. If you think about it, the NBA is not as tough as as what it used to be. You could start AD at the five. I think that's the best option. You probably start a Camelo or Trevor Ariza. But I'm not too sure who they'll start. They obviously still have Taylor Horton Tucker there. They have a lot of players. Don't get me wrong. They have a lot of players that they could definitely start and plug into. But for me right now, not too sure what they'll do. If I had to, you know, gun to my head, who's going to start for them? Westbrook, I would say, geez, if, if, it's hard at that two men, three men, LeBron, four men, AD. I'd say five men. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. I think that actually they're going to start AD at the five. They'll start either Carmelo or Trevor. So I'll say Carmelo. They'll start LeBron, Taylor Horton Tucker, and Westbrook. And I think that's probably a decent five. That way you have instant offense in someone like a Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk off the bench. 
But for me, there's too many players I think that's going to try to compete for minutes. I think that's going to hurt them a lot. And I, I still think they're definitely going to make the finals as it stands now. But I'm just interested to see how they play or as a fit-wise. I think there's a lot of different person, not personality, there is different personalities, but I don't think that's the problem. I think it's just mesh-wise how it fits. There's not a lot of shooting on this team, and that's what LeBron usually needs a lot more. You know, Carmelo's a good shooter, but he's more of a mid-range shooter. You know, he's a, he's a gun mid-range shooter, probably one of the best ever. You know, his mid-range game is probably the best ever, if you ask me. Just by a passable purist, just watching it, it's so clean to watch. If you ever want to sit, watch that, just look up Carmelo Anthony, mix on YouTube, look at Carmelo Anthony high post, and you'll just see how good he really is. But for me right now, I have him at number two, because I think that the number one team in the NBA right now is the Brooklyn Nets, and I don't care what anybody says, that team right now is the best team on paper, and that's all we're going off right now, like that's all we're going off right now, and we can't go off anything else in the NBA. Like you look at their team, their team is stacked to the top, like to the brim. Like I don't, I think a lot of people underestimate how good this team really, really is. I really like a lot of their the pickups they've done, and you know they they didn't have a massive off season to start with, but then they've just come with this massive flurry. You know, you look at it, free agent signings, Javon Carter, DeAndre Brembry, eh, it's alright, it's whatever, this and that. Then they go out and sign Patty Mills, who for me is a massive pickup. I think it's bigger than what a lot of people actually recognize. James Johnson. Really good pickup, if you ask me. I actually like him. Brings a lot of toughness, grit to this team. And then, obviously, you know, in the past coming days, the massive pickup of Paul Millsap. He is huge for them. I really rate him a lot. I think he's really great for them. And then, obviously, LaMarcus Aldridge getting cleared again to play in the NBA. What a great thing to see for a lot of people. I think he's going to be a dead-set weapon for them. You look at their starting five, bro, there are so many options you can do. Like, obviously, Kyrie... Harden, KD will start, but then the other two positions are dead set open. Like, I would tend to say they'll start Joe Harris because he's a shooter and he fits really well with them. But at that five-man position, you can go Blake Griffin, go small. You can go LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, there's no wrong position there to go off. One of them is going to have to come off the bench, if you ask me, unless they start Joe Harris off the bench. But I think having that KD at the four-man position is pretty kiddies. It's pretty tough to play against. But then, now you look at it, so say, I would probably say, gun to my head, they'll start Blake Griffin first, just because he had a bit more consistent, and you know, Lakers Aldridge is still coming off hinge, is still coming off that, you know, blood clot, so I think they're going to play him the safe game, the long route. Sorry, just having a little drink there. But yeah, for me, they're six, seven, eight. Lamarcus would be in there, Paul Millsap would be in there, obviously, Paddy Mills would be in there, obviously, for me, you know, that is a dead set deep eight, that's a really deep eight. Now you got nine, ten, Interesting, Bruce Brown for me would be the ninth. You know, he's definitely in there. I think you've got to play him a lot. I really like him. I think he's kind of like what Caruso was to the Lakers. I think he's a much more of an asset than what people think and realize. That 10 position, it can either be like a James Johnson on his day or it can be anyone on their day, really. Like, I'm not too sure who it could be. Obviously, it could be a Nicholas Claxton. He's still a good player. But then if you're playing Paul Millsap and, and LaMarcus Aldridge, you don't really need that big at the moment. So I would say probably more of a wing or a four-man, I'll probably say James Johnson, possibly, definitely, or Timothy Lawawu Cabarou, or a Tyler Johnson. Like, that's how deep this team is. So for me, dead set, without a doubt, Brooklyn's the best team in the NBA. If it was to start today, Brooklyn would be the favorites, in my eyes, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion right now, guys. If you guys think any different, like, please let me know. But guys, as it stands right now, 6th September, the Brooklyn Nets are the best team in the NBA. Thanks for listening, guys. 
Thanks for listening, guys, to another episode of the Lanes Podcast. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe all the content. Hit us up on Instagram, at lanesmedia underscore. That's all under capitalized letters. The link will be down below in the description. Thanks for listening, guys, again. Take care. Have a great day. Peace.